Hey friends, open your Bibles to Mark chapter five. If you aren't in a place where you have access to a traditional Bible, you can just take your digital device and you can open up the YouVersion app, or it's also called the Bible app and all the notes in the scriptures. They've already been uploaded. Wherever it is that you're watching from, can I just say I love you. I'm so grateful that you've become a part of our family. So grateful that you've allowed us to be in your home on this day. You know, in these unprecedented times, we have an option. We can either live in peace or we can live in pressure. Guys, we need to live in peace, not in pressure. We live in a world with so much pressure, cultural pressure and peer pressure, financial pressure and relational pressure. There's just so much pressure. And pressure can do one of two things. It can either make you or it can break you. You know, if you put glass under pressure, it'll break. But if you put carbon under pressure, you're going to make a diamond. Now, some of you, you're used to the pressure. We all know people like this, people who seem to live from crisis to crisis, from drama to drama. But for others, your life wasn't under pressure until right now. You weren't under any pressure until you got semi-quarantined. So now you don't know what to do or what to say. You, you don't know how to treat each other or how to talk to each other. You don't know how to be around each other for such an extended period of time because you don't have your buffer. You don't have your daily escape of school or work. And so, so the pressure has been mounting. The pressure has been increasing. What I wonder is, is that pressure going to make you or is it going to break you? I wanna talk about that today for a few minutes. I wanna talk about the path from pressure to peace. Can we pray? God, we love you, we honor you, no matter where we are, no matter who we are. God, no matter what's going on around us, we are gonna recognize that this is the day that you have made, and so we are gonna rejoice, and we're gonna be glad in it. And so today, God, wherever the pressure is in our lives, however insurmountable, our situation seems. I pray that you would turn that release valve, that God, the steam would escape, the pressure would be relieved, the pressure in our marriages and with our children, with our siblings, with, with all of the situations that are around us. God, release the pressure. God, in these unparalleled, unprecedented times, let us use it as an opportunity to become less like us, and more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want to look at a story today about a father, a father who was under pressure, a father who was in a battle. He was fighting for his daughter's life. Can you even imagine? Can you think of anything that would produce more pressure than that? And so what I want to do is I want to look at this story from the Gospel of Mark chapter 5. And from that story, I want to show you four steps from pressure to peace. Four steps from pressure to peace. And I wanna start in verse 21 of chapter five. It says this, when Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him. Then one of the synagogue leaders, his name was Jairus, he came and when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with them. He said, my little daughter, she's dying. Please come, will you please put your hands on her so that, so that she will be healed and so that she may live. This father, he, he fell at Jesus' feet and he pleaded. And what that shows us is the first step from pressure to peace. If we want to go from pressure to peace, we have got to be desperate to get to Jesus. This father, this dad, he was desperate. He, he fell 
at Jesus' feet, which is one of the rulers of the synagogue, would likely have threatened his livelihood. The synagogues, they were run by a group of guys called Pharisees. And these Pharisees, they were in direct opposition to Jesus. So this synagogue leader, he falls at the feet of a religious rival, or at least at the feet of a religious rebel in their mind. And when he falls at his feet, he pleads with him. He pleads with Jesus. And he says, Jesus, my little daughter, she's dying. And what a picture that paints. My little daughter, she's dying. He said, please come. Please just put your hands on her so that she may be healed and so that she may live. Talk about pressure. I wonder, what does your pressure push you to? Does it push you to panic or does it push you to press in? I wonder what's the pulp that's being produced by your pressure in these pressure-packed times. It's time to press in. It is not time to pull back. We need to press in to prayer. We need to be praying prayers of protection over our people, prayers of protection over our spouses and our kids, over our parents and our siblings, our friends and our neighbors, prayers of protection over our homes. This is the time when we intercede. This is the time when we press in in prayer, when we walk around our homes and pray over every door and pray over every window. The prophet Jeremiah, he said, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. So, so Jairus, he gets desperate, desperate to get to Jesus. And when he gets there, he falls at his feet and he pleads with them, pleads that he would just heal his daughter. And in verse, verse 24, it says this, it says, so Jesus went with him. Gosh, I just, I love that. I, I don't know what it is about that little line. I just love that little line. So, so he pleads with him. So Jesus went with him. But as Jesus was going with him, something happened. It says a, loud, a large crowd follows and it presses in around him. And, and a woman who was there, she had been the subject to bleeding, subject to sickness for 12 years. She'd suffered a great deal under the care of so many doctors. She had spent all that she had. And yet instead of getting bitter, it says she, she grew worse. But, but when she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and, and she touched him. And she touched him because she thought, if I could just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and, and she felt her body had been freed from her suffering. Verse 30. At once, Jesus realized that power had gone out from him. And he turned around in the crowd and he asked, who touched my clothes. And I, I picture myself as Jairus. Like, can, can you imagine if you're him? Like, whoa, 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 wait, wait. Why, why are we stopping? We, we don't have time for this. My little daughter, she's dying. This woman's been sick for 12 years. She's, she's struggled with this for 12 years. Can, can't we just wait like maybe one more hour? Can't we just heal my daughter? Like, can she come? She's welcome to my home. Can she come with us? But scripture says, while well, Jesus was still speaking. So people came from the house of Jairus and they said to him, your daughter is dead. She's died. Why do you even need to bother the teacher anymore? And in that moment, Jairus had a choice. He could go with them or he could stay with Jesus. Now I wonder what would you do? Well, if we want to step from pressure to peace, we have to, number two, be committed to stay in Jesus' presence. It's one thing to get in Jesus' presence, but it is a whole nother thing to stay in his presence. When life happens, when bills pile up, when layoffs come and hours are cut, when shelves are empty, when the enemy comes in like a flood, are you going to sink or are you going to swim? When bad news comes like it did for Jairus, 
What are you gonna do? Where are you gonna go? I mean, you can't get worse news than that as a parent. Trust me, I know. But when the news came, I can just picture Jairus collapsing and crying, his guys trying to carry him off so that he can bury his daughter, prepare his daughter that day. But I picture Jairus swatting him off and, and shooing him away and saying, no, they that wait upon the Lord, he'll renew their strength. They will run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint in the darkest moment of his life. He didn't skip out, he stayed, he stayed with Jesus. And watch what happens. I picture Jairus collapsing under the pressure of this news that his daughter has died and Jesus sees him collapse. Jesus sees him crumble out of the corner of his eye and he says, oh no, Jairus. Listen, friend, don't be afraid. Just believe, listen, sometimes, in the deepest, darkest moments of our lives. It's easy to let depression, it's easy to let desperation set in. But in those times, we need to realize sometimes when things seem like they're falling apart, they're really just falling into place. So we need to be committed to stay in Jesus' presence. Like, watch what happens, 37. He didn't let anyone follow him except for Peter, James, and John. And when they came to the home of the synagogue leader, Jesus saw a commotion. He saw people crying, he saw people wailing loudly, and when he went in, he said to them, why all this commotion? Why all this wailing? This child isn't dead, she's asleep. But scripture says they laughed at him, they laughed at Jesus. Can you even imagine? I wonder how many of us are laughing at Jesus. We're laughing at the promises. We're laughing at all of those things that Jesus said are yes and amen over our lives. And yet, even though he has spoken life over us, we laugh in his face. And so look what he did. He, he says he kicked them all out. And that's important because for us to step from pressure to peace, we have Number one, to be desperate to get to Jesus. Number two, we have to be committed to stay in his presence. And number three, we have to be ready to receive him into our homes. Scripture says, after he put them all out, he took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him and he went where the child was. On this path from pressure to peace, we need to understand what do we need to put out of our homes? We need to put out pressure we need to put out despair. We need to put out depression. We need to put out doubt and disbelief in this time of being shut up in our homes. What are we letting in and what are we chasing out? Friends, we need to let love in and chase frustration out. We need to let hope in and chase fear out. We need to let Jesus in and chase the devil out. We control the atmosphere of our homes, no one else. And so we are gonna put prayer in. We're gonna put positivity in. We're gonna put praise in. Many of you know this, but Pastor Sonny and I, we have worship playing in our house at all times. And we do that because the stakes are too high. I have a 16-year-old son who's gonna pastor this church after me, and I've seen it in my spirit. He's gonna take it to the next level. It's gonna be one of the largest, most influential churches on earth. He's gonna write books that sell millions of copies and impact millions of lives. So the stakes are too high. 
I have a 15-year-old daughter who's going to be one of the most influential worship leaders in the world, and I believe her albums are going to be played in millions of homes. She's going to write songs that are sung in churches all over the world, and so the stakes are too high. I don't have time to let the enemy into my home, and neither do you. Some of you, you're, you're raising someone who's going to have a cure to a disease. You're raising someone who's going to go on and be an attorney and write laws and defend people who no one wants to defend. Some of you are raising people who are going to going to run for Senate and run for Congress and are going to change the direction of this nation. And so the stakes are too high. So we're going to listen to the words of St. Paul who said, we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. We take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. And so all of those arguments, all of that tension, all of those negative thoughts that you want to have come into your heart and your mind that the enemy tries to bring into your heart, you are going to take it captive and you're going to make it obedient to Jesus. And when you do that, it sets you up to take the final step on the path from pressure to peace. It is number four. We allow Jesus to speak life over our home. Scripture says that once they got their home ready to receive Jesus, watch what happens. It says, Jesus went into where the child was. He took her by the hand and he said to her, Taitha Kaum. Taitha Kaum. It's, it's Aramaic. Say it with me. Taitha Kaum. Taitha Kaum. Taitha Kaum. It means get up. He was saying, little girl, get up up. And when Jesus said those words, when he said, Taita Kaum, he was speaking life over her. What if we started speaking life? What would happen, friends, if we stopped speaking death and started speaking life? Pastor Joyce Meyer said, if you change your words, you'll change your life. The book of Proverbs said the power of life and death are in the tongue. It can either bring life or it can bring death. The 141st Psalm tells us to set a guard over our mouths. What if we started speaking life? What if we said taita kaum to our marriages and our kids? Taita kaum to our parents and our friends. Taita kaum to our money and our health and our homes. The 89th psalm said blessed are those who have the favor of god blessed are those who have learned to proclaim him and walk in his presence it's a learned process it's a learned process to proclaim him it is a learned process to speak life it's a learned process to get in his presence to, to stay in his presence to be ready to receive him and it is a learned presence to let him speak life over us and what i wonder is will you do that today? Will you learn that today? Because if you will, you will step from pressure directly into peace. Would you pray with me today? So Father, today we love you, we're grateful to you. Thank you that you are the Prince of Peace, the bright and morning star, the first, the last, the Alpha, the Omega, the great I am, that in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God, that God before a virus, God, before a conflict, before marital strife, before kids who are sick or depressed or struggling with all the things that culture wants to bring at them, you were there. You were there speaking life over us. You said, let there be, and there was. And so today, maybe you're here and you're in your home and you got your family gathered around you. And you say, Sean, I, I don't have a relationship with this Jesus that you're talking about. Maybe something I said made something spark and you thought, you know what, I, whatever it is that he's got, I need. That's how I got saved, guys. 
I, I didn't have like some like supernatural light shining down from the sky, blinding me, knocking me off my horse kind of experience like the apostle Paul. But I met a guy and he was different. He was normal. And when I looked at him, I thought that's what I want. So maybe today when you watched this from the comfort or confines dependent on your perception of your home, maybe you say, I need what he's got. Can I tell you that all I've got that's different than you is Jesus? Scripture says, if you call upon the name of the Lord, you will be saved. That's what salvation is. Salvation really is Jesus looking at you and saying, get up. Salvation really is just you stepping from the pressure of this life to the peace of the Lord. And so I wonder if you're watching and you say, Sean, I need that. I need that peace. I don't have a personal relationship with Jesus. We're going to give you opportunity to do that right now. And so if that's you and you say, Sean, I don't have a relationship with Jesus, all you have to do is repeat a prayer after me and mean it in your hearts. And scripture says you will be saved. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to keep your head bowed. I want you to keep your eyes closed. Maybe there's people in the room with you. And I want you to just repeat these words after me. I want you to say, Jesus, I'm a sinner and I'm sorry. Will you please forgive me? Will you come into my life? Will you change me? Will you make me different? Will you make me new? Please come into my life and be my Lord, and be my savior in Jesus' name, amen. Friend, if you prayed that prayer and you believed it in your heart, you're saved, you're now a part of the family, you're like my Jesus brother, or you're my Jesus sister, and you begin this journey away from who you are toward who Jesus wants you to be, which is like him. And so all we wanna do is walk that journey with you. And so if you'll just send us a message to let us know, yes, I have received Jesus, we want the opportunity to respond with you, we want the opportunity to communicate with you, and so just send that in and we'll have the the whole team that's here praying for you and following up with you. I'm gonna ask you to close your eyes one more time because maybe you're here, maybe you're watching and you're one of our people or you're a Jesus person somewhere else in the country and somebody connected you to this broadcast, but you say, Sean, I'm a Jesus guy or I'm a Jesus girl. But this pandemic is getting to me. You're feeling pressure. If that's you, I want the opportunity to pray for you. And so Father, today for my friends on the other side of this screen, whoever they are, wherever they are, whatever it is that's burdening them, God. God, I believe that this pandemic, it's really just festering out things that were felt at the depths of who we are. And so God, today I pray for marriages. I pray for relationships with kids and parents and siblings. God, I pray that you would alleviate the pressure and take us to your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for letting me be the heart of your family.